Hello, and welcome back to the Into the Borough podcast here on the Borough Reef Network. I'm Ren, your current host for Black History Month. I also manage our social media, and you may see an article or two from me from time to time. Today, we're going to be chatting with another Black creative in our community. It's Black History Month, and we're talking about our favorite or maybe least favorite part of Black History Month. We'll be talking about an upcoming movie, Asking For It, the directorial debut of writer and director Iman Oru. We love an uncomfortable conversation here, which leads us to chatting about personal experiences with not feeling Black enough or being told that we're not. And before I introduce our guests, I'd like to say we are two voices in the Black community, not the voice of the community, and we're just speaking from our perspective. And our guest on today's podcast is LinkedIn. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, what's up? Um, my name is Langdon Douglas. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. Um, most people call me Snooze. I went to Peru State, Nebraska. That's why I'm in Nebraska now. Um, graduated from there, and I've just been, I've been Lincoln chilling, working ever since. Software nice. developer, too. Oh, my goodness. That's so cool. I try my best. Thank you. Thank you. Software developing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Might not well, look like it, but. Yeah. You know, it's okay. I like that. Breaking stereotypes. Man. Absolutely. Okay. So we're on here to celebrate Black History Month. So what's your favorite part about Black History Month? Um, honestly, I'm one of them people who. I don't really think we should have like a Black History Month. Like, I appreciate it and all. Like, but at the same time, I feel like it's just kind of like a backhanded compliment. Cause, like, mm-hmm. yeah, they give us a whole month for history focused on Black history. But then all they do is teach us about um, history uh, with, they only teach us the history of Black people since they've been in America, which I feel like that is just American history. Now, maybe if they were teaching us, like, more in-depth African, like, culture stuff, stuff that, like, our ancestors was actually, like, going through their geographics life back at their crib in Africa, then I feel like it would be, I feel like it would be more of a Black History Month. So, I just feel like history of slaves, all the great civil rights leaders, I feel like those should just be normal history when it comes to America, especially if we want to get past like the the segregation that's within the world. We just got to be able to say this is all of our history. That's what I feel. Okay, no, I actually really like that take. I I feel like I've had a lot of conflicted feelings towards Black History Month and mostly because like I like it for the concept of like, yeah, like let's celebrate like Black joy. We love that. Um, And just kind of amplifying like uh, black artists, like black businesses, stuff like that. But there is that side of just like, okay, but in schools in this, like you're not talking about really anything other than like the American oppression and like us being colonized and brought to America. Yes. Like, my fault. There you go. Oh, no. So it's just, it's just interesting. Go ahead. I was just about to say, like, at what point does that, at what point does, they start teaching us what's going on at school, start teaching us what's going on in the world now and stop teaching us about what happened. Like, because there's so many things that you miss in school because they just worried about teaching you things from the past. 
Yeah, which is, like, super important. Like, I know, like, there's – it's super important to learn, like, where you came from and, like, a certain level of the past. But, like, I feel like something they brush over is they don't talk about, like – at least for me, I'm like, they go they go so in-depth on, like, how white people came to America and, like, how it was this glorious event. And they're like, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're not going to talk about the fact that we, like, shoved a bunch of, like, black people in the in the bottom and, like, we're just letting them die, you know, mm-hmm. so that they could do our labor. Like, they just don't talk about that in the history. So it's very much, I mean, you're seeing it, like, I know a couple of weeks ago, like, in Alabama, they were taking out, like, different parts of like black history from their history textbooks and like taking out like slavery. And I'm like, you can't, I'm like, if you're going to teach that, you have to talk about that. Yes. Yeah. I kind of see see how like they really just try to glorify it. They try to glorify what they did and just put it, put what the, Put what else they did underneath the rug, the ugly stuff, basically. Yeah. Oh, that's a big thing. I mean, like, there was uh, a few years ago when they started taking the Trail of Tears out of, like, curriculum. See, like, that's a major part of America growing, like, the United States growing. Like, it's ugly, but you got to accept it. You can't just put it under the rug. Yeah. No, that's so interesting. Yeah, Black History Month, it's it's kind of like a... It really is like a black a back a black handed compliment a backhanded compliment. Hey, either one works. <laughs> Just because it's like, oh, here's a month. I remember last week we talked about how it was the shortest month of the year, and I was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like that's like, not a coincidence. And like, if not. any, if anything, put it in. Make the month where Juneteenth, like, make June Black History Month. Like, that is literally do, what I said. But that's mostly because my birthday's in June, so I was kind of hyped. I was like, <laughs> "Like, See, give me my moment." <laughs> I know. I was like, "Give me my moment." Black History Month, my birthday, Juneteenth. Because my birthday is right after, Ju- like, Juneteenth is like on the nineteenth. My birthday's on the twenty-first. Dang. Yeah, so I'm right there. <laughs> you could have back-to-back functions for for one for Juneteenth, one for your birthday. I know. It could have Black History Month's going all month. I mean. <laughs> It's definitely interesting. Okay, I like that. So you don't necessarily like Black History Month, so you don't have a favorite part. I really want to say it. I mean, my birthday. (laughs) Your birthday. (laughs) Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, Podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. And Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more within minutes of finishing your first recording. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. We use Buzzsprout and can attest that it is a cakewalk compared to some of the other hosting platforms that we've used. So what are you waiting for? Grab some gear that you already have, and then find a quiet place to record and talk about all your favorite things. Following the link in the show notes, let's Buzzsprout know that we sent you, get you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and help support our show. We can't wait to hear your passion. I 
I'm so excited about Asking For It, starring Kiersey Clemens. Um, we both just recently watched Screen Rant's exclusive video of Vanessa Hudgens' character de-escalating a situation in which our main character, played by Kiersey Clemens, has been pulled over and she's a Black woman driving the car. This trailer involves a situation that has historically gone away for the Black community and generally many other people of color. How did you feel about the portrayal? Um, hold on, let me look at my notes. One of the things I've seen in that movie is, one thing that I thought of, I felt like women will love this. Like I feel like they will love the movie because in that, in that little scene right there, it's all women and they're giving the cop like they giving him some BS, like they not going for it. And, yeah. and you really just don't, you don't really see, you don't think, at least me personally, I'm just speaking for me personally, me personally, I don't see women doing st- like type of things like that when they interact with a police officer, especially like if they're a black woman or if they're or a, a minority woman, like you just really don't see that. So I feel like women would be empowered by watching this movie. And I also like looked into the plot and watched like the original trailer oh, and yeah. seeing that the movie is pinned, like it's really women against men. And the movie is based around like protagonist female characters. Oh, I definitely feel like the ladies will love it. Oh, I'm so excited about this movie as <laughs> I'm really excited. I'm super excited. I definitely like, well, and like, I just resonated so much with like um, Kiersey Clement's character. She's just sitting there driving the car and she's like, I don't know why I just got pulled over, but I just got pulled Man. over. And you're just sitting there and you're like, I don't know what to say. And Vanessa Hutchins' character, who is like, she's a minority, but she's still coming up and she's like, now let me pick. She's like, now let me just spit just the law at you for mm-hmm. once. Like, why'd you pull us over? Oh, well, and then just, she just says things that I'm like, is that, I was like, is that even real? Like, is that true? Because I didn't know any of that. And what's crazy is you don't really, you don't see that in the real world. So like just yeah. them, just the way that they portrayed that moment in such a short amount of time. Like I really do applause, like all the directors yeah. and producers and the actresses and the actor in that movie, because I feel like they really, I feel like a lot of women would be like, as I said earlier, I feel like a lot of women are going to be empowered by this movie. Well, yeah. And it was just so, I mean, like we watch like, we watch like black women get brutalized a lot. So it was, mm-hmm. it's kind of like real, I'm really excited about it. And it was just so interesting because I mean, like there were probably 150 different ways that they could have made that moment go. I mean, we've all seen it. Like there's a movie, the hate you give where we literally, wa- that movie is too graphic for anybody to ever watch. I've never seen that movie. Uh, I think I haven't. Yeah. It, uh, I think it came out in like 2018. <laughs> it's basically just like, this kid is like messing around and his friend is sitting in the passenger seat. They're both black and he's a black man. And he goes into reach and like grab his hairbrush and like mess around. Like he's playing jokes with his friend. He gets pulled over and this cop just keeps shooting him. And then the cop like, and then he's laying down and you're seeing this and his friend runs out. Her name's star. She runs out and she's just staring at him. And he, and the cops like, get away from him, get away from him. He's like, where's the gun? Where's the gun? And then he sees a handbrush. And he's, like, not helping him, and he's, like, bleeding out, and she's, like, traumatized. It's the worst moment, and they show all this. I actually feel like I have seen this movie. Oh, my gosh. I watched it, like, alone in my apartment. It was on Hulu, and I'm just crying. (laughs) And I'm crying. Oh, it's the worst time. And so I kind of am glad that we're not – I was really excited not to see that again because I'm, Mm -hmm. like – 
we all know we all know what happens like so commonly we know what the norm almost is at this point so seeing them just kind of like seeing the police officer be like okay well and then it's like a reality check on his own like profiling his own like racism his own like oh i guess i don't really know why i pulled them over I just seen a black woman. Like, that's really what it is. She really pointed it out. Like, Yeah, like, because nobody really says it. And it was like, it was like she was both like, she wasn't super disrespectful. She was just really firm. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, I get so much anxiety when people get disrespectful. Because I'm like, we know what they're going to do. Like, don't, don't give them ammunition. Don't give them ammunition. Because that's Uh, all. Cause they see your anger and then that gives them the reason to like treat you the way that they treat you or I'm not, that's not a good reason, but that's like the reason that they use. And that's the reason that they say like, Oh, that's okay. And yeah, they're like, they're like, Oh, they were being aggressive. Yeah. Like, no, I was just talking to you, bro. I mean, I was yelling, but like, I was just talking to you. Yeah. Like, okay. If you can't handle being yelled at, you should probably get a different profession. Exactly. Cause, Cause I'm like, I'm like, if I have to sit behind a desk and get yelled at all the time and I can't like go and like hit people for yelling at me, like I think you should be able to handle it too. You could tell they didn't get yelled at growing up. Like if <laughs> if it's if it takes that fast to trigger them to pull to pull a trigger, then like they didn't have good parenting. Like yeah. I'm sorry. I'm like, you you took two seconds, you said stop. <laughs> <laughs> After two seconds you said stop. Yeah, I'm really excited about the movie. I think it's gonna, it's gonna be a good one. It's um actually, the like the writer and director, his name's Iman Oruk, and it's his directorial debut. So it's his first time mm-hmm. directing a movie. Okay. So okay. I'm kind of excited. I think that's super cool. I always like directorial debuts because I, I think it's so cool. Like we have these big names and directors. Like you have Christopher Nolan. Um, Spike Lee's a big one. Jordan Peele, you have these big I names. I love Jordan Peele. Love Jordan Peele. Big fan. <laughs> Haven't seen most of his things, but I love him. <laughs> I love, I I liked him since Key and Peele. Like, I go all the way back since when he was first. Okay, Key and Peele is what I've seen. And mm-hmm. then he started, like, a, he started, like, directing, and I'm like, okay. Killing I'm it, like, though. I'm like, He's look at you, killing it. You just see all these cool names, and I think it's always fun when, like, a new director just gets, like, they get, like, a moment, and you have, like, names that people know. Like, I'm sorry. I love Vanessa Hudgens. I do, too. I love Jason Clemens. Like, I'm like, you have all these names on there that, like, it's a pretty decent cast. And it's not just, like, not that, like, B-list celebrities aren't important, but, like, they're A-list celebrities. So you're getting a little Mm -hmm. bit more traction for his directorial debut. I think it's super exciting. I think it's... Really, it's going to be interesting. I wonder how people are going to like receive it, especially with that scene. I think, I think people are going to like it. Honestly, I think it touches on topics that need to be touched on. Like it's the uncomfortable. Like we were just talking about earlier, it's the stuff that's underneath the rug that's going to be addressed in this movie. Yeah, so it's like, just uncomfortable. And I feel like that's what the world needs right now because we've gotten too comfortable, and now I look at the world. It's like going down. Like oh, we're going to go to war. Like. Uh, I was just watching the news before this too. Yeah, he's actually uh, already sent some troops in. I read. Yeah, yeah. We didn't already put sanctions on him. It's scary. Ukraine's in a state of emergency. I work with. I work with somebody from Ukraine. Like that's the crazy part about it. No way. Yeah. 
he lives in California so though, but he's from he the looks, Ukraine. That's so crazy though. It's just wild. It's wild. I'm really excited for this movie though. Speaking of movies, Black Panther, Wakanda yeah. Forever. I, I have honestly, this is the first time I've actually like looked at anything for it because I hate spoilers for movies. And I find that trailers like spoil a lot for movies. Almost all well, the time. Real? If you okay, Marvel does a pretty decent job at not spoiling movies with their trailers, but a lot of other like movie trailers like you see on Netflix, they give you the whole entire movie in the trailer. Okay. Okay. And I'm okay. like, okay. So I've been kind of avoiding Black Panther, but the director and co-writer, Ryan Coogler, he did redraft the script um, after Bozeman passed away in August of 2020. Yeah, rest in peace. That, I remember hearing that and I, I cried. That hit way too, like, it just hurt. Nobody knew he was going through that either. Yeah, he just wasn't sharing that with like his fans and stuff, and I was like, that was "Oh my tough. gosh, that was tough. like goodness, goodness!" It was, it was so. It took me so far back, but um, it seems like they're going to be focusing more on the like just some original characters from Black Panther, like the first one, mm-hmm. after rewriting. Do you have any, uh, I don't know, like any predictions, any thoughts of what you think they're going to do with this, the new Black Panther? Um, what I, this is what I want to happen. I want them to like, I want them to base the movie around like his sister, uh, the actress name. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name or if, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her first name right, but she was like in the movie um, Us by Jordan Peele too. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, she was also from us. I I love her, and I hope that they just based the movie more around her and more around his younger sister, um, the one that, like, the super smart one with all the ga- yeah. easy, easy gadgets. Uh, I I really don't know how to say her first name, and I don't want to ruin it. Um, but it starts with an <laughs> L, and her last name is Wright. <laughs> yeah, like they were some good actresses. I don't really. Remember, like, any other main, like, dude characters from that movie? Because the other... Daniel Kalu, like, Kaluuya. Mm-hmm. And he, like, plays in a lot of Jordan Peele stuff. Um, I think he's, like, he's the main guy from Get Out, right? Yeah, he... I, see, I remember him having a robe. I don't really think his robe was that big because... Yeah, he was first, just one of the other tribe leaders. Is, and see, like the first was over. First movie was based off of Chad and uh, Michael B. Jordan, so like yeah. they they really didn't give like any other males in that movie to like gain a presence. So that's one thing I am excited to see on who they bring up to try to at least fill some of the shoes that Chad got. Yeah, I'm wondering how they're going to have him not in the movie. I mean, like we're gonna we're gonna have to address the fact that he just passed away. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have to address that. I mean, like, he's no longer... And, like, I'm glad I'm glad they're not recasting. That was something I just didn't want to happen. I mean, I haven't heard anything about it being recasted, so I could be speaking too soon. But I feel like just respectfully, they shouldn't recast. I think that's just such a, such a shitty move on his legacy that he just made. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, 
I remember um, they did really good marketing for this movie. So they were they were like showing this movie for free in like poor communities with predominantly black people. And I'm like, and I remember seeing this movie and just having chills because like, especially that last scene where they're like, what could Wakanda offer the world? Like, you guys can't Mm. offer a shit. You're a third world country. And (laughs) and Chadwick's character is like, actually... They had too. <laughs> they had a cloak over a whole village. Like you can't I see know. anything going on in there. Like that's crazy. I know they have like technology, medicine, so much that just it was it was phenomenal. Just mind blown. But yeah, if they replaced his character, I would be pissed. I would not. I would, I would walk too. out of that movie. I'm I would. Mad as hell. There were there are not many movies that I would like walk out out of, but that would be one. And if they were, it would they would have to be like addressing that he has since passed away, and like the Black Panther shoes are going to his sister. Because I think I might say I think they got to address like a new Black Panther anyway. Yeah, so I'm like it would have to be something like that, but we would have to address the fact that like he has passed away and mm-hmm. not just try to recast his character. Hmm. Because, like, I will give Marvel a lot of credit. They don't do a lot of recasting. They either kill people off or get them off. That is true. I got a thought for how um, they might do that. Okay, imagine. So the last time we seen Black Panther was in, um, was it in Endgame or was it in the one before that? It was he, Endgame. He came because back he, Endgame, yeah, because right? he came back right at the end. Okay, never mind. Scratch what I was going to say. I was just going to say, like, maybe they try to, like, use the Infinity War death to, like, play into it. But I forgot he did come back. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder. I mean, like, there's so many things. I feel like what they might do in this one, and this is what I'm thinking, okay, is what they might do is you remember like Fast and Furious 7, how they just like, they had um, Paul, that's his name, Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. Paul Walker. They had his brother um, like play his character, but you didn't really see his face that much. Mm-hmm. They could do something like that where like, he's just not the main character of this movie. And then maybe like have him respectfully pass away in one of the Marvel movies or something. Something that just makes it make sense. Yeah. Or just, I don't know. It's so hard because, I mean, like, he was such, like, a... I mean, they almost killed his character in the first movie, like... And he was like, I'm not gonna die. <laughs> he went crazy. He went, he went crazy in the Civil War, too, like... Yeah, like, it's just... It's so interesting. And, oh, uh, I don't... Because, like, they could say that something happened to him after, but then it's like, they have such... such intense like medicine that it's like mm-hmm. there would have to be almost like another scenario like how Scarlett Johansson died like where you can't bring her back oh, because okay. she was sacrificed for a stone okay so you can't you can't bring her back at all that was my lady too I love her I know bro that, that death got me Black Widow Black Widow was a good movie have you seen the movie mm Snooze, what are you doing? Hey, I kind of fell off after Endgame. Like, I, the first movie that I watched, like, in this new era of Marvel was um, Shanghai, like, the Ten Rings. Like, that's what okay. got me back into it. 
Yeah, no, that sh- that was so good. So good. So, so good. Loved that movie. Loved that movie. Really excited. I watched, did you not watch like the, like the, like the shorts on Disney? You have to, okay. I, I will be honest. I haven't watched Hawkeye, like the Hawkeye short because Hawkeye's not my favorite person. Hawkeye's cold. He's cool and all, but I didn't really care what his thing was going to be. I knew it was going to be sad, especially after Scarlett Johansson. Um, So I knew it was going to be sad. WandaVision is phenomenal. Really? I like WandaVision. Oh, my gosh. If you were going to watch, if you were like, I'm only going to watch one of them, I would say WandaVision is the one to watch. Okay. I heard, um, every, I heard it starts off kind of slow. Oh, it does start off really slow. I will be honest, it's it's definitely like a concept. You have to let yourself get into it. But it's, I think it's only like 10 episodes or something. They're super short. Um, and then the other one I watched was The Winter Soldier and like the Fal- like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay. Was that good? It was so good. It's so yeah. good. It's definitely like for the black community, it's making, it's making moves. It's making moves and it's super good. And it talks a lot more of like the life during the blip. Okay. Like, it kind of talks about, like, what it was like for people and, like, right, especially right after, like, the mass relocation. Because, I mean, like, people started living their lives for five years and then people are reappearing. So, it's definitely, it's super intense, super intense. Love it, though. I really like it. I also, I love Sebastian Stan, so I love Bucky's character. He's one of my favorite characters. (laughs) And so, I loved it. It was really good. I think there's... Yeah, there's another one that's, like, What If, which is, like, it's, like, animated, and it's one of the last things that, like, Chadwick actually was involved with, so his voice is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, It's, like, What If, it's, like, animated, Um, it's just, like, different scenarios of what if this happened, so it's, like, Whoa. different plays on, like, the Marvel Universe. Okay. Um, I've never heard of that and, before. Yeah, and it's one of the last things that Chadwick was in, so his voice is in it. Is and that on uh, have- Disney? Yep, I have not watched it either because I I don't know if I'm ready to cry. <laughs> I don't know if I'm hey, ready for that yet. Those are healing waters. You got to let it out. I know. Uh, I'm so excited. I hope they – I I have faith that whatever they end up doing with Black Panther will be respectful. Mm-hmm. Because so many people on that cast just respect Chadwick Boseman so much that I don't think any of them would come back if the script wasn't respectful to him. I said they get paid the big bucks. You put it in their hands, they're gonna get us right. You seen Spider-Man. They went crazy with Spider-Man. I so they like gotta Spider-Man go Spider-Man that much. <laughs> okay, they still went crazy with Spider-Man, even though you don't like it. Oh my they, they did. Okay, I just I love Tom Holland. I feel like we're traumatizing Tom Holland's character a lot. Like Peter Parker is going through a lot of trauma. Yeah, it's messed up. It's messed up. And that's but he's really gonna what come gets on me. I'm, like, I'm like, he's get, he's just getting just traumatized and traumatized and three oh, times. I know three times that movie. <laughs> three, I cried three times in that movie. Like, yeah, that, that hurt. Spider Man is my favorite superhero. Like that Same. movie. Was he's one of he's one of my favorites. Like Iron Man was what really got me into Marvel. Mm-hmm. I loved Iron Man, and then but Spider Man, I was just like always into Spider Man. I, I mean, I grew up with Tobey Maguire's Spider Man. Yeah. I was a fan. I just thought Tobey Maguire was so old for the character he's supposed to play. I was like, you I look like a full that. grown adult. Yeah, Tom and then was Andrew always. Garfield was, 
Yeah, Tom's my favorite. Andrew Garfield was like hot, but he was too cool to be Peter Parker. He was so cool. He was like, and I was like, Peter Parker is not that cool, dude. He's a teenager. Yeah, he's like, he a was, young boy. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, sixteen. Just, I mean, Tom Holland's like 23, 24. but he pulls it off. Yeah, he, he at least looks young enough. And he's also him. shorter. I think that's what it does is because he's a little shorter. They had to bring Zendaya in to emphasize that. <laughs> yep. They said, let's get a tall girl. <laughs> oh, God, I love Zendaya. If you would like to support our show, consider joining the crew by subscribing to our Patreon. Every dollar counts towards commission for our contributors and improving our network. Membership to our Patreon grants you different perks depending on which part of the crew you opt into. If you're someone who likes behind-the-scenes content, our director's crew has access to a close friends group on Instagram, as well as a special Discord server. Meanwhile, the producer's crew is gifted discounted merch codes and exclusive video discussions, reviews, and vlogs. And for the executive producers that go above and beyond, we send a little special care package their way to say thanks. Whether you're looking to gain access to early video content or listen to our Patreon-exclusive podcast, Close Up with the Burr Reviews, you can find it all on our Patreon page. Membership is a critical metric that we use to indicate the success of our network, and we know that we can count on you for some support. Head over to patreon.com slash Reviews to sign up. The Burr Reviews, your movie refuge. Well, we have been talking about a lot of uncomfortable situations today, and I have another uncomfortable conversation. What's up? Okay, so in your experience, I know at least in mine, I've been told this many a times, but have you ever been told that something you do or just something like the way that you are isn't black enough? I wouldn't say... I've necessarily been like directly told that, mm-hmm. but I would say that like you could, I could feel the energy. Like I felt that energy plenty of times. And honestly, that was like, that was one of my biggest hinders to becoming like the person who I wanted to be or the person I am now, because I don't, I know I am black, but like at the same time I'm white and black, but they still don't see me as black. But on the inside, like I'm not, I'm not the typical type of black person. I feel, especially for the people that, for the the area I grew up in, Kansas City, like a lot of them dudes yeah. was hard, tough, and you got me. Like I just, I'm laughing all the time. I'm smiling all the time. Like I don't do all this hard, tough stuff. Like I like to play video games. I like to chill. I like to, I like to talk. Like I, I have feelings. Like you don't really see that in a lot of black men from Kansas City. And so like that was really just growing into myself too. I mean, growing into myself was really like one of the hardest things I could do, especially like I got the green hair. Like that made me feel even less black because like you don't really see a lot of black men with green hair and I got a green, a hair full of green. And absolutely, that was really just an uncomfortable time of my life because I was also a black male in Nebraska City, like with green hair. So like I was just going through it with both white and black people. Yeah, and yeah, that's so intense. 
And then like, I just, I've always felt like I have a softer personality than most males do in general. So that was also like an insecurity I have when it came to feeling, to not being, for me, not feeling as black as I could be. Because like people would bounce that energy off that I was around, especially when I was in Peru. Because like everybody had to wear a mask in Peru, but like, I was really one of the more genuine type of people. Like I was going to be real with you. I was going to show you my emotion. I was going to be honest with you. And you just didn't really see that from a lot of other guys there. Yeah, that makes sense, especially in like those smaller towns. Exactly. Yeah. No, I definitely resonate with this a lot. I mean, growing up, I was told because my my dad, who's black, was really, I mean, like I'm mixed. My mom's white and Mexican. My dad's black. Um my dad like really engraved education into me and like speaking properly. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have a light little lisp. I went to speech therapy growing up, did all that. And then I just stopped as like an adult. Cause I was like, I have a lisp. You'll have to deal with it. Straight up. Um, but like when I was growing up, people were like, Oh, you speak so ele- elegantly. You speak so like just educated, intelligent. And I'm like, and they're like, so but their way of saying that was, oh, you talk white. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I talk white? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I talk white. and I'm, Oh, I'm not saying that to you. I'm just saying. I've heard like, that before, talk, too. It's just so, it, it was so peculiar to me. I mean, like, the first time I went home to my mom and I said, I just got told I talk white. And she's like, who said that to you? <laughs> she's like, who just told you that? She's like, that's not. And what do you say in that situation? I was like, thank you. Like, I'm a kid. I'm growing up and you tell me you talk white. And I'm like, thank you, I guess. You just talk like, proper. That's it. Yeah. And it was so interesting to me. I mean, like growing up I had, which I think is the reason I have a soft spot for Black History Month. Is it's just helped me like as I've gotten older. I mean, I grew up with my mom primarily. So she's white and Mexican. I didn't grow up with like a black influence for a lot of my life. And I lived mm-hmm. in. I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota, so we run a lot of black people there. But for the most part, I've been I've been here for the past like I don't know, like fifteen ish years of my life. So it's been a while of just being here in Lincoln, Nebraska, and there's, and I went to a predominantly mixed school. It wasn't like a lot of white people. It wasn't a lot of black people. It was a good mixture of everyone. So I at least didn't go to like one of the high schools that only has like ten to five percent of like people of color. Mm-hmm. So that was nice, but it was just, it was like, I used to straighten my hair a lot. There was just things about myself that I didn't resonate with my blackness and like anything. Yeah. And I felt a lot of it. Like I did show, I did show choir in high school. I did marching band and from the black kids. Me that too. I hung, Yeah. When I hung out with like other black kids or like when I talked to them, I didn't feel like they liked me or I fit in with them. Mm. Because I'm just like, you, like, we're just so polar opposite types of people. And in that, I was like, well, if all these Black people that I'm around, that I'm being introduced with, don't have anything in common with me, then what I'm doing isn't Black. Mm-hmm. And there was just like that, such that insecurity growing up. And then, you know, you get into the real world and you meet all different types of people. And I'm like, oh, there are other Black people that like these things. I'm just not surrounded by that where I'm at. I was the only black girl in my show choir for like the first like two years that I did show choir. There was like some Mexicans and like Asian girls, but like black, nope, nope. 
And it was just so interesting. It's, it's definitely, it's like such a heavy weight, especially growing up, like being like, like those are already, I mean, like your teens are already such like intense years of self-discovery that having to like self-discover your own identity as like a black person mm-hmm. is so intense. And I didn't want to be like, I'm black and I'm proud because like I am, but I don't want that to be my entire personality. Yes. Like I'm more I'm than a just a black outside. person. Yeah. You're like, more than just a black person. I know. It's so interesting because it's like trying to find that balance of like, oh, I'm black and I'm proud of like being black and like, but I am a whole person regardless of like the color of my skin. I think how that's so I, interesting for you. How I started seeing, what helped me like break down my wall and like started just accepting that like, it is what it is. I, I'm going to just be me. What helped me break that down is like just seeing how like the whole world is changing. Like people in general, in general are changing. So like, I feel like we had a point where who, how can you how can you tell me what a black man is supposed to act like or what a black man is supposed to look like when we're supposed to be in a world where like we're supposed to be judging people off their hearts off their character not their skin so like I'm I want to if some of my actions might seem quote unquote whitest to like black people but in all in all it's like better for the greater good than like I'm going to just do it. And that's just like the type of mindset I have. Like, I want to do the better thing. I I want to like talk to people and, and to a point where I, they can understand me. So like, if I have to go from speaking proper to speaking like more of a blackish slang than I, than like I will. Yeah. No, literally. Well, and like, that's, that brings up a really like cool conversation is like code switching is, like, something that I know, like, a lot of mixed people, like, deal with. I code switch a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I code switch between work and just coming home. I have different friend groups. I have Because I'm, like, there's some friends that I do this with and some that I do this with. And so I code switch between groups. And it's never, like, it's never on purpose. It's more of just a, like, I do what I feel comfortable with in that situation. And it's not unauthentic. It's just different parts of myself. It's mm-hmm. why you gravitate towards certain people for this and certain people for that. So I'm like, I don't like fit into just a standard like, oh, I'm only into these things. So I only hang out with these kind of people. Yeah, I'm like, oh, well, I'm kind of interested in this and this and this. So I talk to all these different kinds of people. And when I talk to them, I'm going to talk a little differently than when I'm talking to these people, because that's just the way that like we communicate while doing these things. Yep. And you could probably prefer to communicate in one way more than you do in another way. And like, that's just your personal preference. Like shouldn't nobody have like anything to say about your personal preference, if that's what it comes down to. Well, yeah. Cause we all have like a, basically like a default setting is like your preference. It's like, I will talk the way that I want to in my default setting. Cause Mm -hmm. like, this is more my default setting. I mean, you, there's a change in my tone when I'm speaking more scripted and trying to be, more articulate and then when I'm just having a conversation and talking about things there's such a difference in my tone and it's pretty obvious it's just it's so interesting that like and it feels like I'm gonna say something controversial um because we're in a controversial conversation I feel like a lot of like toxicity comes from like the black community towards us fitting into a certain box I mean I experienced that I'm in an interracial relationship there's a lot of like 
it's like, oh, well, how can you, there's a concept of like black love. And they're like, how can you support black love if you aren't dating black? And I'm like, well, it's not like I'm not, that I'm like purposely going, I don't date black people. I'm just going. Exactly. This is my person. Well, I'm like, that's just not the person that approached me. Or that too. Yeah. I'm like, that's just not the, I'm like, that's just not the person that I connected with. And I was like, and I tried regardless of what they look like. And I'm like, and. I was having a, I had an argument with Mike before. It was about like how the black community has a victim type of mindset. And Mike's mm-hmm. point was like how um, he was just saying how black people always want to, whenever it comes to like social issues, black people want to play the victim when it comes to things like that. And like, that's just one thing I've always recognized also within the black community is that like, everything is against us like even against even when it comes to other black people like it's against us like we had like little culture wars light skins versus dark skins like that mm-hmm. was a real thing like people like i know at one point in my life i really did feel like insecure for being a light skin like mm-hmm. because i wasn't dark enough because i wasn't tough enough like i know at one point in my life i felt that because of that toxicity within the black community and it's so hard and like it's so hard and like I feel like this is like a conversation like and I'm gonna gatekeep right now to anyone that's listening is like this is a conversation is talking calling out toxic um traits in a community is required for people in that community um and like that's just me because I'm like there will be like there's white people that try to weaponize that they're like well you guys have black on black crime or like you guys like hated each other for this and I'm like yeah we're never gonna be perfect and like, look at it. And for people who think like that, look at it from this perspective. You have a a race of people who has a foundation that was built on like just straight, bad, unhealthy, negative, toxic, anything bad you could say that's what's in this foundation. That's going to, that's like the roots of a tree It's going to spread throughout the rest of the tree. And like, that's, the tree right now is America right now. Like the roots from slavery have grown all the way into the black on black crimes that we have now. The drill rapping that we have now. I love drill rap, but like they just be rapping about their lives. Like it's, life shouldn't be that scary for black people, especially when you are the same type of people. But with a foundation that's full of negative energy, like what else can you expect? Well, it's, like, we're not, like, and, like, that's such, like, a thing with, like, white oppression. It's, like, it's, like, they're, like, oh, there's so much black and black crime. And, like, well, when you put a bunch of people that are struggling with poverty, that are struggling with addiction, that are struggling with all these things, and you're not giving them resources to fix themselves, and you put a bunch of hurt people together, hurt people hurt people. Like, and you're putting them all in, like, these communities, and you're like, well, we're not doing that. And I'm like, but you are, because you're putting all the poor communities together. And, yeah, Black people gravitate to where other Black people are. You know, and It's yeah, safe, and you feel safer. You're going to get crime. Like, you're going to get crime. Your Your crime rates go up when your poverty rates are up. It's why the biggest cities in the world, their cost of living, are outrageous and you see so much crime there because there's so many people struggling with poverty because these this country our government doesn't do anything to protect us against poverty to help support us and i mean 
you have black people that it's just generational trauma. It's just Mm -hmm. years and years of generational trauma just being passed on and passed on. And you see it in so many like minorities, like you have like, you have your first generation like college kids that are like from their parents immigrated here from different countries. And you see them passing on that generational trauma. And it's because that's how they survived. It's not even like they're trying to be toxic. It's like, that's how they learn to survive. And all they're trying to do is make sure their kids are alive at the end of the day. Yep. And like, until you like take that step back and you like realize why are they like that? Cause it's like, we can, we can, I could talk days on why every, like what's wrong, but I'm it's like, we have to like, fit. yeah. I'm like, you have to think like, what's, what's the root of that? What, what made this happen? And it's like, Oh, maybe because they've been enslaved since we've been here. So there's always been racial inequality. From the jump, from before y'all even, from before y'all even got here for real. Yeah. Like, like there was already slaves on in America. I mean, like we watched the like white people come and just mass genocides to natives. Mass genocide. It has never been, it has always been about power and about taking and they don't care who they have to step on to get there. And, like, I'm not saying, like, every Black person isn't included that. Because, like, I mean, like, there is. There are people that just are included. But, like, when you're speaking of the mass majority, we're all just struggling here. Like, I'm trying to unlearn so many unhealthy habits that my parents put on me just to make sure that I would get through each day. And I'm like, I appreciate their their efforts weren't to hurt me, but... They tried their best, and that's all you can appreciate, honestly. Yeah, like, that's that's conversations I have with my mom. So I was like, I will never be mad at you for what you did to make sure that I was okay. I'm like, you took the tools that you had, and you did the best that you could with them, but you can't be offended when I'm trying to fix those tools. Mm-hmm. And I think with, like, the older, like, the older generations and minorities, they're like, they're like, you just need to focus on getting through each day. And I'm like, I don't want to get through it each day. Why can't I focus on also helping a, a change happen in the long run so there doesn't have to be another me? And that's and I that's one thing I did realize. I feel like we're at a point in time where like we us black well, I don't want to say all black people, but a lot more black people these days have a chance to look forward to like building a future and looking towards the next day. They don't they don't really just have to worry about surviving. I'm not saying that. That's most of the black people. I'm just saying that it's more than there's more black people than what it used to be. So like that's yeah. one thing I do like that is changing. Yeah, no, and you like we saw that with like the protests, like that kind of reaching like a a heat of like just that black frustration and being like, hey, this is kind of enough. Like it's, it's like, enough is enough. It's like, I'm kind of tired. And then you see people that are like, oh, well, nothing's going to change. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's a real reality that we need to sit in with. Like, things aren't changing that much. But, like, a little is enough for right now. I mean, like, it's not enough, but it isn't. A little is better than nothing. Like, we should at least try. And really, the biggest change that you can make is yourself. Because, like, once you change yourself, then that's just start leaking, leaking out to the environment around you. Literally. Well, and it's, there's so many, I mean, like, I not to like be rude to the black community. So let me bring some good side. There's so many, like we see how many people are like reaching out and just providing these different resources to their communities, being able to 
I mean, like, that's like so many people in our age range. We are such like creatives or we're such like innovators that we're like, we're looking for ways to generate wealth for our communities and giving back to our communities and helping raise up our communities. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's, that's what it is. It's just, it's pouring back into people. It's people pouring into you and you pouring back into your community and like helping people that aren't in a situation to pour back in. It's just, it's so interesting just being like that, just that conversation of like, that's not black and this isn't black. And I'm like, but black is anything that you decide to do if you're black. Especially, especially if you were born in America as a black person, then I honestly feel like then you're just an American, like, Asian American, an Asian American could be acting like a, a black person. A white person could be acting like an Asian person. Like you're just an American. Like that's just how America is full of different people. If you're from yeah. America, then you're American or you're United States of America. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, I'm a black American. Like, yes, I, yes, yes. I have a lot of other roots, other places, but like, especially if you don't have that, like you don't know where you came from. You don't know your like history to your roots, which was stolen from us. That's a big conversation because I know that there's like a big dialect between like black Americans, like black Canadians, like different black people around the world and like people that are actually like black Africans. Like they are born in mm-hmm. different countries in Africa. And I'm like, and there's a big discourse about it. And I'm like, I'm angry though. That that culture, that that bond to my roots was stolen from me. That wasn't something I chose to have happen. That was a root that was stolen from me. That is true. And I know there's a big discourse where they're like, well, you don't get it. Like, you're, you don't get African traditions. Like, you're this. I'm like, you're right. I don't get African traditions because that was stolen from me. It wasn't a choice. It was stolen. That is true. That it's is just, true. It's so, there's so many conflicts within the community and it's so interesting that like within black history month you would think that we would i would i think it would be so much cooler if we were like trying to find different ways to like find out more information about your roots connecting with those trying to i mean generally i tried to do an ancestry one time and i got lost um (laughs) after my great grandpa and i only found out that much information because he was in the military but before that we're they just taking your money. I did the free trial. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was like a free, like, two-week trial, and I was like, okay, let me... And I was, like, investigating, and I was like... And I just... I got, like... I got to my great-grandparents, and that was it. How? Like, what? how do you even navigate people like that? How do they find out? It's usually just records. It's like it's like public records. Like, my, my dad was in the military, his dad was in the military, and my great-grandpa was in the military. So I found it through military records and my dad he's a third so all I had to do was look for the second and the first. So that was a little easier. Hey. <laughs> and so like it was easier to like find that cuz I'm like oh they have the exact same name it's just the second and the first. But before that I mean you can't find any trace. My dad was born in what 1960. So you're going back another, like, maybe 40 years before that. That's 1920. Going back another mm-hmm. 40 years. That's 188. That's little, you don't, Oh, interesting. Weren't, like, slaves, like, freed in 1865 or something like that? 
Yeah, it hasn't been hasn't been over two hundred years, I think, since the slaves been free. Not yeah. Yet. So that's probably why I couldn't find anything from before that. Now that I thought that out loud, I say it's crazy how we have all this history on white males going all the way back, but you rarely have any on African Americans. On my mom's white side, they went all the way back to like like the seventeen hundreds. Like that's crazy. And I was like, like that's crazy. I tried to do see the even worse part is I tried to do my mom's Mexican side and they immigrated illegally. They are now legal, so I can speak of this freely. Everyone that was illegal is dead. So oh my God. um but there were no records. There was no records past my grandma. None. She like I only know my grandpa's, my grandparents. <laughs> like that's about as much as I know. Like that's because like I just, well, and like my dad's dead. I can't even ask him. <laughs> okay. I guess that is another good, good reason to not find out. I know. Cause I'd be, at this point I would have been like, yo, tell me, tell me some information. I'm trying to. <laughs> and then I'm like, is my last name even like my last name? Or is that a last name that was like our slave owners? Or was that like a name that we chose for ourselves afterwards? I'm pretty sure Douglas was a slave name. See, that's the thing is like so many people took their slave owner's last name. Some people were like, I'm making a last name. A lot of people took their slave owner's last name. So I'm like. I'm going to change my last name. Not that we're talking about it. I know. I'm like, I have a colonizer's last name. I talked about that with Jared. I was like, I'm going to marry you. I'm going to get your last name. And I was thinking that's going to be another colonizer last name. (laughs) I'm going to get my new name is going to be Langdon Platt Dad. There we go. Platinum's dad. With a hyphen in between. LPD. LP. <laughs> I love that. Thank you again for joining us. I love the conversation we got to have. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in with us today. I'm so fortunate to have this opportunity to have real conversations as friends on a platform. Um, just a reminder that you may not resonate with everything i hope you take away something from the conversation we had and that we are only two voices in this community and there are plenty of other opinions out there if you're looking for ways to support us here at the borough reviews you can check out our twitter facebook instagram and our tiktok which is new and you should check it out you can also join our patreon on a variety of different tiers for all types of fun content usually just more of me um because i'm not usually on the podcast and we have one on there Um, that's all for me this week and I will see you all next week. Hopefully we're going to try to slip in one more podcast in before the end of Black History Month. Thank you guys. And I hope you have a great and wonderful rest of your day.